All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode nine, yeah. episode ten. What is this? Nine and a half. Two. Nine point yeah. two. Yeah, we had uh, we did a live show, which was I guess technically number nine, but then we weren't able to upload it, so now this is replacing it as number nine. I guess you could say. So yeah, like Lion that's King like one and the and hidden half. files. Exact yeah. <laughs> same idea as Lion King one yeah. and a half. All right, well, technically it's episode 10, but really it's episode 9. Anyways, welcome regardless. Once again, I'm your host, Brock Segan, and with me today, of course, are my two co-hosts, Michael Biebs Bondi. Feeling feeling a lot better than I did on the live show. Had a conky last week, so we're we're good, we're healthy, we're swinging this week. <laughs> Jeez, did not know about the conky. <laughs> yeah, wasn't going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> and Dylan D. Berthew. Tapping in broccoli. Not much, not much. Uh, another busy day in the NHL. I'm not sure why we keep doing this on Thursdays, but uh, let's get right into it here. Uh, this week is a pretty important week for all three of us, and that's mostly because my fancy hockey team, the BR Dusters, is taking on your guys' fancy hockey team, the co-hosts. Yep, And uh, so far, it's a pretty close matchup. Uh, you guys come in to play at 4-3. and three. That's good for fifth place. I come in in fourth place at 5-2. and two. Right now, though, you guys got the slim lead. You guys are up 5-4, to four, but you don't have a goalie in play tonight. I do. My boy Jimmy Howard going, to, going up against Coyotes. That's a W for sure. So, <laughs> I thought, I'm pretty sure you said last week when they were playing Buffalo, that was a W for sure, too, or this week, sorry. But, uh, and then Risto they happened. Won. They won in the shootout. It wasn't pretty, but it, you know, it counts. So, so what do you guys think? I mean, I saw you left Jamie Benn in the bench earlier in the week, so we're just trying it's to keep it to uh, me. Yeah, we thought we'd do you a favor, you know, because you're the host yeah. and stuff, so we didn't want to make you look bad by beating you. But then you called me out on Twitter, so now we're just going to totally obliterate you. No, we're bringing it. <laughs> I was just, I'm looking at the matchup right now. There's really, like, nobody that's doing anything for no. our squads at all. Like, I got three apples from Shea Weber. That's basically, like, as good as it gets that's right greasy. now. That's Yeah, Wayne Simmons, goal and assist. He's heating up. Good for him. <laughs> But anyways, uh, another, you know, big part of our sports lives is going down today. we got the Packers and the Lions on Thursday Night Football. I'm a big Lions fan. Beebs is a big Lions fan. And D is a Packers fan. Yeah. Packers are slipping. What? Lions are on a, a roll Packers right now. Fan. I'm definitely like a bigger Packers fan than you guys are Lions fans. <laughs> I don't think that's possible. I'm wearing, are you wearing a Packers jersey right now? No, what does that have to do with anything? I, I'm wearing uh, a Lions jersey right He's definitely a bigger Packers fan than I am a Lions fan. Like I can give him that for sure. Boom. But... I mean, I'm a pretty big Lions fan still. Is that just because you own a share in the in the Packers? Or My family is, does, yeah. That's, uh... Does that just classify you as a bigger fan automatically? I don't know. How many shares of the Lions does your family own? <laughs> it's not physically possible, so. Well, it, it is. is. You just need Talk a lot of money. Martha. Well, yeah, yeah. I guess you. it is possible. Talk it's to your girl little, Martha Ford. It's a little more expensive, but. Um, all right, well, 
I think the Lions might take it, you know, two in a row. That'd be nice. But uh, you want to put a wager on this one there? Can I Dylan, be, can I be the ref? Because I don't want to touch this one just because I don't think the Lions are going to take it. So. I honestly <laughs> don't trust these games against the Lions anymore. I've been disappointed too many times in recent years. I was out Thursday nights, game, which is crazy, crazy to say. Where Matt Flynn started, and it just didn't happen for us. Yeah, at least they both started last. Nice waste of uh, 150 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Flynn, didn't he come out and like, torch us for like five touchdowns? Yeah, that was, a, uh, and then he got himself a new contract. That was week 17 when they went when the Packers went 15-1. and one, Yeah. And, that, and the last game meant nothing to them, so they played Flynn, and the Lions needed to win to get in the playoffs. And Flynn just, and torched, just torched us. Yeah. <laughs> he he literally, six touchdowns, actually, yeah. He got himself like a three-year yeah, that, contract. That, that was like yeah, that beefy uh, from that. He had two ridiculous. decent starts that year. Oh, that was an amazing start, but he had a good start against the Patriots, too. Yeah, I remember that. So, uh, yeah, that literally just inked him a massive deal. Well, I, we've got a bunch of other bets going on, so why don't we keep <laughs> this one nice and simple? Maybe... Uh, Post a picture to Instagram or Facebook wearing the opposing team's jersey for uh, for the loser or something like that. Yeah, I could do that. Okay, so it's free, right? It's a little. <laughs> he has easier. to get Instagram. That's the thing. Uh... <laughs> uh, okay, Twitter then. Post it to yeah, all the followers. And... All right, and it's definitely getting retweeted by Daily Face on. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're fans. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, let's get into fantasy hockey. It's what we're all here for. So, um, there's a lot of a lot of craziness going on in, in goal creases oh. around the NHL right now. Um, mainly in Montreal, uh, obviously big news last week was Carey Price, um, out for six weeks with a lower body injury, kind of re-aggravated the, the previous lower body injuries. Now he's going to be out. And, yeah. <laughs> oh man. So many people are just so rattled. Yeah, the co-hosts have him in that league. We have him. We oh yeah. You guys do the yeah. co-hosts. Yeah. And we don't have Feel it either. Cause there's no way I was on the ball enough to make that happen. <laughs> we share another league too. For the uh, same amount of money and, and our things, the DFO podcast, that's our team name, and we have Price in that <laughs> league, too. So, yeah. so this double hurts. No, oh, that's the one we have Price. No, we don't have him in Yeah, the, sorry, we don't have him in that league. Yeah, we have him Never in, mind. No, Four teams, one. man. The, the players will blur sometimes. Yeah, they uh, they all kind of <laughs> mesh together. But uh, he's, he's going to miss the Winter Classic, which is kind of uh, disappointing, yeah. I guess, for people who have tickets to that game. Um, but Condon, I'm pretty sure he's from the Boston area, so that's going to be kind of cool. To, you know, he gets to start in the, in the Winter Classic If he doesn't blow it. I mean, yeah, that's like, unless he could be in the ECHL yeah, in a couple weeks. That's a long time. No, yeah, but uh, to go. I guess that's a good segue into my ne- my next question here is like, how good do you think Condon will be uh, over the next six weeks? I mean, he's nine two and three with a two eleven goals against and a nine eighteen save percentage so far this year. So obviously, you know, really good numbers for your first you know stint in the NHL. So let's say I think I did uh, the math the other day, and I think it's something like Price will miss. Uh, the next 16 games or something like that. So let's just theoretically say, uh, or hypothetically say that Condon starts all 16. What what do you think like his record will be? Oof. Without even looking at the schedule or anything, like how uh, good of a goalie is he behind that team? Like, what do you guys think he can end up doing? I I think just because of the team. I mean, Price is huge. He, uh, I don't know. I, I think nine wins, maybe nine, nine or ten. Yeah, I would say ten like a couple OT sure. losses, and then yeah, and I, I'd see that. I'd I'd take that with uh, and run if I'm Montreal for sure. But I mean, realistically, they w- they're not going to be hesitant at all to uh, give Tukarski playing time, right? If Con- he's yeah. not even with them right now, yeah. he's in the AHL. Well, now. they're trying to give him time in the AHL yeah. so that they can Fuka- call him up Fukali's and still up, be. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. mean it will be Tukarski probably. A, I don't think Vakali will even play. But. No, yeah, it's such a weird situation. It's just like like because Tukarski's going down to get yeah. more playing time to be called up again, which is just I, well, weird because you think this is would be his time to get playing time, but it's. I would not, imagine I they're probably because uh, they have that the farm teams in Quebec now, correct? St. John's, yeah, St. John's. So it's a lot closer than Hamilton than it was before, anyway. Um, so. I would just kind of imagine that if Condon was to struggle at all, that Tukarski would get the call right up, and that's probably why they're leaving him, right? Is to keep him sharp in case they need to. I I, I don't know. It just with everything the way that it's gone for Montreal the last few years, whenever Price goes down, it, it's kind of weird to think that Fukali would get a shot before Tukarski. No, yeah, and yeah. I don't think he will. I think he, no, the yeah. only way Fukali makes his NHL debut is if he comes in in relief. And I think the yeah. reason that they sent Tukarski down, like you guys said, is obviously to keep him sharp. Um, the the Canadians no back to back this week, so. Yeah, you know, and I guess Conjun there's like a, easily... there's three games coming up, like three three in like four days for the uh, AHL team. So they yeah. said Tukarski will just get like peppered down there, which is what they kind of want. Yeah, exactly. So I I mean no no back to back this week. So you know they re- have the ability to send Tukarski down, have him stay fresh, have him stay sharp over the weekend or whatever. And the next week, 
when you look, they have a back-to-back with the Wings and the Bruins. So you figure that Tukarski will probably come up, you know, early next week and start one of those yeah. games. But yeah. I, I tend to agree with you guys about, I said nine wins, maybe ten, with a couple, like you said, overtime losses. But again, he's not going to start all 16. But I yeah, think if, if he, he can wins, hold a 9-10 nine nine uh, save percentage, the Habs would be, like, more than happy. So Yeah, yeah. I totally agree. I mean, um, worst comes to worst, he absolutely, like, they both absolutely shit the bed, and they can make kind of a deal for maybe a veteran goalie and have them just plug in, like, eight games or something. Yeah, I wrote an article, actually, the other day about when Price got injured, and I was, like, kind of looking around the NHL trying to, well, I guess more so looking around the AHL trying to find, <laughs> you know, people that they might be able to make a deal for. And the one guy that I stumbled upon, I don't know if, like, I'm not an insider, I don't know if he's on the block or anything like that, but I was looking, and they might be, they might look at bringing in their boy uh, Peter Budai back into town. <laughs> actually, the guy's well, yeah. he, playing real with uh with the Kings AHL team in Ontario 10-3 and 1 a 164 goals against and 934 save percentage like he's just on fire so if they do falter i would just, i would i'm just like i would assume they'd make a call to LA and be like hey can we have our boy Budai back yeah, yeah for real i mean he probably doesn't have a huge price idea. tag on him no i mean 33 year old AHL goaltenders usually are probably pretty cheap but... i was thinking you absolutely dig through the garbage and you you get you get Rick DiPietro back, <laughs> and you work Jesus. him out hardcore. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, that'd, that'd be jokes. So I just this I just remember him. With the... You can't just make a, <laughs> you can't just make a recovery project of anyone you want. <laughs> no. That's hilarious. But let's look. I mean, some of us aren't. Uh, well, I guess I wasn't even in the boat. But I'm. There's a lot of people out there, obviously, that weren't fortunate enough to get their hands on Condon in time uh, after Price went down. So which we did not. Who, yeah, like you guys. So who did you guys like target on the waiver wire if you didn't get caught in? Maybe people that are, are available in, you know, 12-team leagues. I wrote an article the other day, and I, I named four guys, but I want to know who you guys uh, are looking at as well. Yeah. Um, in your article, which uh, which is, we have to mention, is like four, like, definitely, like, lower, lower, lower tier-end owned guys. Um, so we we went a little bit higher with uh, with our picks, like guys who would maybe be uh, a little bit a little bit less owned in like but there's nothing extremely long leagues. Yeah, it really does suck as per <laughs> usual. Yeah, but um, there is one guy who uh, I mean he was kind of standing out before he went down last week. It's um, James Reimer. Um, mm-hmm. I know that D loves this pick, and then mm-hmm. I have to give the Leafs some love sometimes, and uh, it's much deserved. Um, I've never really been a Reimer believer, but now uh, now he's. Kind of proven it this year so far. He's only um, proven he it any time he's ever gotten playing. Yeah, time, it's sure. true. He has like a 934 <laughs> save percentage this year. Um, he's not very much owned. I think it's something like 63%. So that means or maybe even less than that. So I think it's in Yahoo League. So if, uh, if you're in one of those leagues, like we mentioned, like a 12-team league, he should probably be kicking around. He'd probably be the, by far the best goalie left on there. He'll get you a lot of starts going here on out. Um, it looked like maybe Garrett Sparks would be the guy, but... Um, that's we saw a six-one. Yeah, hey. I was I was waiting for it. We hey. saw a six-one loss yesterday. So I uh, saw a shutout. That's what I saw. I didn't see a shutout, but I uh, watched the game last night. Just saying, yeah. it is Reimer's time. Um, he's going to take it back, uh, and I think it's just if you're in a league that takes game started in new account, um, some people are. He's a he's a good take, um, and he's definitely a potential for wins. He's seven and three on the year. He won five straight, um, and then lost one before getting injured there. So. Uh, Five straight wins is a nice fantasy week, if you ask me. So. Yeah, I you know what? I've never been a huge believer in Reimer either, um, but he's never really gotten like a concrete chance. But the one thing now that you look at is, I know like back in the day, a couple years ago, all my Leafs buddies would you know be like, oh, the Wings are so boring to watch because they're so defensive. But now that's the Leafs. Yeah, and there's a Babcock system, and they really aren't giving up a whole lot of goals. Like as much like when you look at how bad their team really is they're really not that bad defensively and Reimer has an opportunity to you know still put up extremely serviceable numbers even though he's he might not win a ton yeah and but yeah like you said serviceable numbers he's gonna get a lot of shots um so even if he does let in two or three or four goals it's still his save percentage is gonna be pretty high and these Um, guys are just basically band-aids right to cover up for the next exactly you're just just waiting through until your boy price gets back um the guys that i mentioned in my article were Michael Newverth, uh, he's only owned in 36% of leagues. They're kind of split in time there with Steve Mason and Newverth. Right now, he actually leads the NHL in save percentage, which is crazy. 939 <laughs> save percentage. He also leads the league in shutouts with three, and he's got a 205 goals against average. Uh, the Flyers, you know, they've won three in a row now. They might be finding their way uh, a little bit offensively because that's really what's been holding them back uh, is just offense. 
Nuver's been really good. Mason's had his games. Uh, overall, not very good. But that's a, that's the reason why Newverth makes sense right now because he's going to start almost half their games. Um, another guy who's in a timeshare is Thomas Grice. Uh, it's it's Halak's team, but Grice has seen his fair share of starts, and he's also yeah. playing really. And there well. are they are saying it might be it might be time to start giving Grice like more. Yeah, like I, I saw it today, like that for years, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, but they're saying like this year, like Halak really isn't playing himself out of it, but Grice is playing himself into like higher pretty high consideration for taking mm-hmm. that job like it's it's like i saw it today they're like it's hard maybe it was yesterday it's like halax team but you know if he starts at least you know one or two games a week and he puts up a nice you know puts up nice numbers gets a win that helps your fantasy team out a ton uh then the other two guys that are really interesting they're only they're like when i wrote the article they're only nine and eight percent owned i'm sure that honors nielsen and hellebuck connor hellebuck from Flying the jets up. have have gone up yeah. um but they're both like the starters on their team uh right now um, neither team is great. Hellebuck's won both of his games, uh, you know, entering t- uh, today's podcast, including last night against the Leafs. Nielsen uh, had a big win yesterday against the Bruins as well. He played really well. So both these guys are starters on their teams. Nobody's really ever heard of them um, before now, really. Like, I mean, Hellebuck's one of the top um, goaltending prospects, maybe behind Gibson and Vasilevsky. But mm-hmm. um, he's obviously a guy that the Jets really believe in and, Pavlik's out for the entire month of December, so this could be, you you might see um, Hellebuck start 80, 90% of the Jets games this month, so that's a huge pickup, and, you know, I know I'm sure by the time uh, this goes out, his um, own own percentage is probably going to rise a little more, but... Yeah, he's 15% right now. Okay, so that's still not bad, he's available in a lot of leagues, Um, what's Nielsen at? Nielsen's probably just below that, yeah. Yeah. I know Nielsen didn't jump as hardcore, just because, obviously the team that's kind of behind him there. Nielsen's now at 11, so... I think if you're so, looking yeah, but, from the perspective of, uh, you know, just filling in for price right now, uh, I think Hellebuck, probably of the guys we've mentioned so far... It's definitely your guy. Maybe, definitely that's probably outside of guy. Rimmer, But he has probably the potential to give you the most value, the highest potential anyway, over the, this next kind of four- to six-week timeline here. Yeah. It, it, like, if, you, if you're if you looking at a guy who's going to start... be the starter for an entire month, like, you can't really go wrong. And ha- really, gonna, like... That's the thing about these guys, right? Like, obviously, he could kind of regress a little bit and maybe fall off and maybe a touch us in a, in a week or two, but you, you never really know. And like you no. said, he's one of the top goalie prospects, so he definitely has the potential to come in and just have a really hot month and make up for the loss of price for some fantasy teams. It's, it's basically like the same uh, same boat that Condon's in. He's kind of like an unknown commodity. Yeah. But Condon, uh, Hellebuck's more of a known commodity than Condon was coming into the year. Mm-hmm. Um, but Hellebuck also doesn't play behind as good of a team as Montreal has. So it's like kind of like True. they each have their pros, they each have their cons. But he'd be the guy I'm going after right now if I didn't get Condon. But. Yeah, agreed. Um, let's look at another, I kind of mentioned him already, John Gibson. It's kind of a strange uh, situation going on in Anaheim. He got called up because Frederick Anderson uh, got the flu. But then now all of a sudden you find Frederick Anderson on IR. Um, they say they don't know when, when he's going to be back, yeah, even though that's... they said earlier in the week that he was feeling better. And then all of a sudden, Nielsen's or uh, sorry, Gibson's playing pretty well. And now it's like, what do they do with Gibson? Like the plan was to start him in the AHL this year, let him play there. And now all of a sudden he comes up, and like it seems like this always happens. Every time he comes up, he plays well, and then they get stuck. They don't know what to do. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I know. I even went to Twitter to ask about uh, about uh, Anderson going down. Um, I I've always loved John Gibson. I watched him play in junior, and he absolutely blew my mind. And then I remember when he got called up to uh, not called up, he got sent in at the World Championships um, for uh, for the U.S. a couple of years ago when he was like yeah. nineteen, and he and just gold medal killed game. it. And it was like holy shit. Um, so. Uh, it's been a matter of time, but I think they're gonna go back and stick to their stick to their guns. The original plan was always send Gibson down to the minors, have him play there all year, and just kind of ride Anderson. Anderson's uh, been their guy all year by far. He's he was their one bright spot early on when everything was looking crappy, and then uh, and now he's definitely still uh, he's he's still a guy. So I think when he comes back, we'll see that happen again because Gibson's just too good to, to to ride as your backup, and I don't think they yeah. want to do a one-two split. So I think we'll see him go back down. Um, Keep an eye on him, though. I mean, this guy, like we've said, he's the the top, probably the top, well, he is the top goaltending prospect, and for good reason. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the thing is, right, um, you know, they have Kudobin there, too, who's, like, obviously mm-hmm. uh, solid, a well-qualified backup, yeah. and kind of the ideal backup. So, as long as Anderson's your clear-cut number one, 
goalie in your organization, like I think when he comes back, Gibson's probably getting the send down because they want to keep him sharp and keep him rolling. But yeah. that being said, I think if Anderson struggles a little bit, not even like a couple of games, but if he struggles over like a five, ten game stretch, then I think you could potentially see Gibson come back up and maybe potentially see more of a timeshare. But uh, that's kind of down the road. But we have seen, I mean, Anaheim do these goalie splits in the past, and uh, Bruce Boudreaux hockey teams also do this too. So not all the realm of possibility. I kind of think that it's just like right now, like Anderson's probably pretty ready to go, yeah. but they're just like kind of like letting they're like you know what, buddy, just like no get, get to one hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. Let Gibson; he's playing well. The one thing that's interesting, I think, that we should know is that Hudobin is a UFA at the end of the year. So, if something ha- happens where they need to bring Gibson up, Hudobin could be a guy that they ship out of town for you know a pick or whatever. Yeah, for a team that, that need, uh, yeah, exactly. Something like that happening, and then Gibson can can come up and. Probably be, would almost become the starter immediately, and well, Anderson I don't know. They, they definitely have a lot of like interest in Anderson, right? Like they completely went away from Hiller, knowing this guy could do it. So, oh yeah, yeah, and and I mean, even but giving Gibson him the go too. this year, yeah, it's true. But Anderson's played really well, and I, but I do think eventually, like whether it be this year or next year, Gibson's going to start seeing some playing time because they're going to have to move one of those two guys eventually. So you're either going to want to show off Gibson or at least find out for sure what you have in him, right, before you make a decision on either of them. Yeah, I. uh I think like Gib- like Gibson's obviously their guy. I know Anderson's an RFA at the end of the year too, so it's going to be interesting to see what they do because like if they keep both those guys, they got two really good goaltenders mm-hmm. uh, for like for you know the years to come. Uh, but then one other goalie I want to touch on briefly before we get into some buy low sell high guys is Jonathan Bernier. Uh, he just got pour yeah, some he just help got, for your boy. <laughs> he just got sent to the AHL on a ten day conditioning stint. Um, you don't see something like this. Figure very- your shit yeah. out, Jonathan. <laughs> stint yeah. for sure. But it's just like you don't see uh, you don't see it very often with guys of like this caliber. Like it, he just fell off the face of the earth this year. Like oh eight and one, three twenty eight goals against, eight eighty eight save percentage. Sucks. I mean, and like that is the worst market to be struggling in when you're a, when you're the number one goalie. You struggle well, in Toronto, you're getting eaten alive. He straight up just played terrible, right? And I mean, apart from some small sample sizes in L.A. and his first like forty game season or whatever, or not the forty game season, but his whatever his first season in Toronto were kind of bright spots, obviously. But even that first season, he came out to such a hot start and really his play kind of digressed the rest of the season. Yeah, um, it's, uh, it's definitely a worry, like, like something to worry about from a Leafs perspective yeah. right now. I mean, Garrett Sparks came up, looked good. He was a godsend for, for a game, and then he gives up six, and then it's like right back yeah. to the drawing board. I think the now, key is, right, like this organization, or at least the management and the coaches, have no ties to Bernier, right? Like It's not like they, they traded uh, these, low, these good assets to bring him in, right? Like that was Nonis, that was... Uh, Carlisle so they really don't care at all like it's not like they're trying to save face and they don't have to worry about that yeah. and sending him to the AHL it's just a straight up reality check of what's happening and how and Bernie has been like pretty Reimer. good about it too from Reimer sorry yeah it's weird yeah. too because like Bernie's like he, he became like borderline like unplayable there like yeah I mean, oh yeah. yeah he couldn't he couldn't trust him and then but it's weird like to for, to me because I like I agree with what you just said there, Dylan. But at the same time, it's like if he struggles, like one way to get him confidence, especially with a goalie, sometimes you need to just throw him back in there and just be like, if you and if he comes up with a good performance, then boom, his confidence is back. I think but they've instead, done that every too, sim- right, but it just hasn't really happened. Like, yeah, but they've really given him the opportunity with Reimer to go down, and he just straight up hasn't performed at all. He's one thing to notice: ninety right now. His first yeah, minor start is at the ACC, so. Yeah, it's going to be a be media circus. For that. Doesn't, get, doesn't get any easier for him. Yeah, no. but I mean, he will be like. I mean, he could help his confidence there. I'm saying towards he'll be in front of who knows. I, fans. I, I honestly knows don't think they game. have a lot of they have a lot of faith invested in the future of Jonathan Bernier at this point. No, I think because I mean, him and Reimer are pretty much on identical deals right now. So if, if you yeah. had to, you could extend Reimer. But I don't. I I really don't think they feel they have the goalie of the future in their organization right now. Yeah, and you know what? The one thing too is that at least the wheels kind of fell off in a year where there weren't any expectations for the team. Not like they didn't come in thinking they were a playoff this team this year, and then all of a sudden he shits the bed. Yeah, I'm at not... least they fell off now, and then maybe now it's like kind of opening their eyes. Like, okay, this is not the guy. I'm not totally surprised it it's happened, right? Like, I mean, the narrative surrounding Bernier, even when he was having his really good years, was that he still let in those bad goals from time to time, right? Like, he's we've seen him have those mental breakdowns before. Um, and now they're just happening more and more often because it's not just like the way, like it's the way he's getting beat on some of these goals, right? Like they're just bad, bad goals. And yeah, they would happen though. Like he'd be having a sick game. He'd be like 40 for 40 saves. And then he lets in like a dribbler from the point. 
So it's nothing new. It's just happening more often now, and maybe it's just because he's seen more playing time, but who knows? Yep, go to the AHL, bud. But, uh, you know, Jonathan Bernier is definitely a guy you could buy low on right now, but I wouldn't <laughs> advise uh, I would I'd advise against that one. But let's take a look at some guys that you could buy low on that would actually be worth your while. Uh, Beebs, we'll start with you. Who is a guy that you're looking at right now and maybe trying to make a trade offer for? Uh, um, he's one of, uh, he's, he has one of my favorite nicknames ever. Um, <laughs> it's TJ Soshi. Um, <laughs> it's just actually was his nickname for like a couple weeks, a couple <laughs> years ago when he was absolutely slaying it, uh, in the shootout. Um, but, um, TJ Oshi is my guy for, um, for a buy, buy low type, uh, type of guy. Because, um, one thing about TJ Oshi is he came into the year as a, uh, as expected to just kill it this year. He's playing with Ovi, be playing with Kuznetsov slash Backstrom, who knew? Um, and, uh, he's going to just dominate. But, um, what happened so far is he only has, ugh, like, 12 points, 6 goals, 6, six assists, but he's been playing 19 minutes, um, so I really don't think, uh, people are probably getting sick of him by now, but I really don't think that things have changed from the beginning of the year. Barry Trotz came out last week, he said um, he said he's going to keep him there, he's going he's not going away from having him on that right side, um, on that top line, top power play, so um, TJ Oshie's a guy who eventually, it just kind of, things have to fall into place, he's going to start getting some of those garbage assists, um, secondary assists, if Ovi's touching the puck, taking shots, stuff, things are going to happen, and he's still across the board i love five tool players and he's a five tool player so um people are definitely starting to get sick of him so um grab him while you can he's uh he has very low value right now yeah he was i remember at the start of the year it was like i feel that like 50 percent of the questions before the drafts were about Oshi. like everybody yeah. wanted to know where they take him how good he's gonna he was be. kessel comparable like he's playing on like a line like that like that type of jump i thought almost yeah, he, uh, he was definitely a Hawk Mahdi coming into the year, and then now I totally agree. He's somebody that you could probably get a lot cheaper than you would have been able to yeah. at the start of the year. Yeah. So definitely a good guy to buy low on. Uh, do you, who are you looking at right now? Uh, Victor Hedman over in Tampa right now. He's only got two goals and 11 assists in 25 games so far. Uh, and this coming from a guy who's probably been a top-five defenseman the last two years when he's been healthy. We saw him rack up 55 points in 75 games in 2013-14. And I think last year it was something like uh, 38 points in like 55, something along those lines because he had the injury problems. He's been healthy this year and he's been dominating play at even strength. He's got a 56% Corsi rating and a, just a gross relative Corsi of plus 8%, which basically means the Lightning are a substantially better team when he's on the ice. Um, at least that's what's happened so far this season and the trend we've seen with Hedman over his career. It's actually the best possession season he's having so far, but... What's really been slowing his production is the power play. We've seen Tampa's power play and offensive output struggle in general this season. They're uh, 22nd They're so in the league banged right up, now. too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, they got Palat coming back, so there's some hope for that to turn around. But he's only got three assists and no goals on the power play this season. So that's three power play points when you look at the, the leaders in defense. And right now, they're all sitting around 10 or 11. So that's obviously really the big difference right now with Edmund and the only reason he's really been struggling to produce from a fantasy perspective. And he's also seen a, a slight dip in power play time this season. He's not he's second on the team in D-man in power play time with Strollman. So I, I think if his luck were to turn on the power play, it, his r- points would skyrocket, right? Because he's already owning play and producing at a great rate at even strength. And we've seen him produce on the power play before. And uh, all in all, too, he's only shooting 3.7%, which is slightly below his career average of 6. And his shot rates are like almost identical to what he's done the last two seasons. Um, yeah, and I, I like his potential to just like eventually start getting more power play time than Strawman. I mean, before yeah. last year, Strawman never saw power play time, and then mm-hmm. they liked kind of just like his calm demeanor on the point there. He had 14 power play points last year, but then this year, Strawman's only got three assists on the power play in 26 games. So there, there, I think there's opportunity for Hedman to maybe again bump up to that top unit. Per, yeah, personally, taking. I think he's like a top tier defenseman, both like in real life and from a fantasy perspective. And his uh, point production is just lagging a little bit behind with what we're accustomed to seeing from him. So I think he's definitely a guy you could pry for a little bit cheaper than you probably should be able to right now. Yeah, he came in, in like the year as like a top, like definite top five yeah, right fantasy defenseman. So. And then, oh, yeah. yeah, as he should I th- be. I think the one thing that to take note of too is it might not be so much that he doesn't get first power play unit time like 
in quotations, right? It might just be because they want they got Stamkos in that top unit. So I think Hedman on the second unit is not so much a knock on Hedman as it is just trying to balance out the two units. Right, you know what but I'm it's, saying? obviously but it's it hurts his production. So yeah, because then he's playing instead of playing with Stamkos and Kucherov, he's playing with you know like right now he's playing with Alex Kalorn and Joel Vermin. Like, it's, <laughs> like those just not the same. Like who's Joel Vermin? I have yeah. no idea. You would you would kind of expect him to get some more time on that top unit sooner yeah, rather it, than later. Well, especially because like they need a shot in the arm almost. And that team needs to you know yeah, find some something life. needs to happen. But he, all in all, he's played really well this year, and the points just really haven't come for him. Like that, like I said, at the rates we're used to seeing from him. So, yeah, go after Edmund right now. Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna stick kind of with the same trend there uh, on the blue line. I know you guys are gonna call me a homer on this one, but I'm looking at uh, Nicholas Cromwell and Mike Green. They're both uh, just not they're not doing great right now. And this is a this is a Red Wings power play that struggled. It's a Red Wings power play that has historically been really good. They were second in the league in power play last year. Um, one goal and eight assists for each of them. But bef- you know, coming into this year, Cromwell averaged 11 goals and 33 assists. Um, over 82 games since 2010. So he's a guy that has put up gaudy numbers. Is he on the decline? Is he getting older? Yes, for sure. But he's still a guy that's you know can put up very serviceable fantasy numbers, and this is just apparently extreme... gaudy numbers. Yeah, seriously. And then the same with Mike Green. Like the the, the knock on Green's always been his health, and he like since 2010 he's only averaged like 60 games per season. But even in those 60 games, he's averaged 10 goals and and 23 assists per 60 games. So th- those are really solid numbers. I mean. As a Red Wing fan watching Mike Green, you can tell he's starting to get more comfortable. That Red Wings power play is starting to click a little more. It needs to, you know, improve yeah, even further. It finally They're, has all its pieces back, though, and health, kind of healthy. I mean, that's Yeah, exactly. Datsuk getting back yeah. is huge. And I think it's just only a matter of time for that power play to start clicking. Green, obviously, is an elite offensive defenseman. It's just a matter of time before that starts happening. And then one other guy I want to touch on quick before we go to break is Zach Parise. Uh, he's got... He, he was off to a nice little start, but now he's only got 10 points in 15 games. He missed some time with injury, but since being back from the injury, he's only got one assist in three games. Uh, historically, he's a 30-30 guy, so if you look at how many games are left in the season, he can still you know get you 20 to 25 goals for, from here on out, and I think that some owners might be getting a little tired of you know a little bit of a lack of production, especially with the injury, and then since coming back, it's been really slow. So he's a guy that I'd be looking at mm. as well. Any, yeah. uh, any further comments from you guys? Uh, he just scores a lot, and, and I love goals. Goals <laughs> yeah. are great in fantasy hockey. So Geno's are the shit. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, they're kind um, of they're kind of important. Yeah. Um, no, I, I had a super super quick mention too. Just Philip Forsberg out in Nashville. Keep an eye on that guy. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, he's looking a little sophomore slumpy, isn't he? But, yeah, he is, but I he mean, put up three points the other night, um, and he, he had a goal the night before, so who knows? Maybe it's time to turn around. That team's looked horrible offensively, so yeah. someone's got to do it. And, and he's, we'll, go ahead, he's a natural. Sorry, that's all. No, yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, I just w- I was going to say, if we're looking at like a top-tier superstar, superstar perspective, Sidney Crosby's definitely the one who's overperform- underperformed the most to this point this year. Yeah, and people might be willing to move him. Yeah. If there's ever a time that people are They're willing to move someone like Sid. Des- desperate, so. Two for once. Two for once. There you go. There's I some ideas I, for I, I honestly can't, be- I can't believe something. I look at Crosby's numbers like every day. Like, okay, is, it, like, is, is this real? Like, yeah. Eventually it's going to happen. They're a little like, just waiting. It's, it. it's so weird. He's too good. I know. I, it's almost time to just like make trade offers for him in every league and just yeah. hope that... You know, he, somebody accepts it, and then he, you know, turns into Sidney Crosby of old. But uh, let's send it over to the Blue Stones as usual. Uh, we got a new tune for you guys today, so Woo! we'll let you guys enjoy that for the next uh, minute and a half. Then when we get back, we'll obviously have our injury report. We'll get to some sell high guys, and then of course your Twitter questions. So take it away, Blue Stones. Stone. Oh, 
Podcast. I'm your co-host Dylan Berthium. As always, it's time for everyone's favorite time of the show, the injury report presented by none other than our host, Brock Season. Take it away, Brock! Thank you, D. Yeah, my Brock Season or Brock Season? Season? <laughs> season? <laughs> but anyways, uh, a couple big injury, uh, you know, news clippings this week. Obviously, we mentioned Carey Price out for six weeks. Don't need to mention that one again. Uh, just rubbing salt in the wound there. Uh, Tyler Ennis, he was kind of like, it was weird, like, they thought at first maybe he was a healthy scratch, now all of a sudden he was, uh, moved to week to week with an upper body yeah. injury, so usually week to week they'll miss a couple weeks, but who knows how long it, uh, it could go, usually it's at least two and then go from there, uh, Mike Fisher was placed on IR today, expected to miss at least four games for the lower body injury, Tyler Very Johnson, um, Tyler Johnson appears to be coming back this weekend, it's not for sure. They had uh, they got Drew Wayne back on Wednesday. Looks like Johnson will be back this week. Uh, like D said as well, Palat on the mend as well. Should be back this weekend. Um, Brandon Sutter out four to six weeks after undergoing sports hernia surgery. Ole Mata appears to be trending towards returning to the lineup this weekend as well. Uh, he was out with an upper body injury. Nick Bugstad is still being evaluated. So they don't know exactly how long he's going to be out, but he's definitely not playing this weekend, so he's going to miss the next two games. Uh, and then Logan Couture, uh, he practiced in full on Wednesday. They already ruled him out for this weekend's games, but it looks like he could be back next Tuesday or later next week. Um, so that's it for the injury report. Some pretty interesting yeah, injuries there. A actually. lot of like good guys coming back. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice time to be getting some people back right now for sure. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty crazy too because I know like Logan Couture – I made a deal for him in one of my other leagues, and at the time, which was last week, they were saying he's like nowhere close to being back, which and made then, no sense because um, he's like he's like seven weeks, like yeah. he's past he's past like his original timetable already. They said the same so, thing about Palat last week. They said Palat far from far from coming back, and then he's back this week. It's like well, he what? might. I don't know. I think Palat. I don't even know for sure about him. He's there. Tampa's been he so looks weird. better. There's like then at coming back. Like I feel like he's coming back before. Uh, before Couture is though, I don't know. It just yeah. seems that way. It's, the way they're, they're both kind of they're both trendy. like in the same yeah position. Yeah, I mean Palat just got cleared for contact, so he might not be back this weekend. But next week, Couture next week probably back almost around the same time. But uh, before the break, we gave you guys all some buy low candidates, and uh, you know while buying low is fun, selling high is almost equally as fun, if not more fun, because you get to rip people off. Um, <laughs> so D, we'll start with you. Uh, if you had this guy on your team. Would you be selling him high, and who is he? I do have this guy in my team in the Nation Network Keeper League, so if there's any members of the Nation Network out there listening, send me an offer for Matt Duchesne. <laughs> got, uh... All right, so Duchesne, 13 goals in 25 games this season. I don't know if I'm cool with you trading him. <laughs> Good for tied for fourth in the league. He's been on a tear recently, to put it lightly. He's got 12 goals in his last 14 games, so that's 12 of his 13 goals his last 14 games. Yeah, that's... Is, dude, like, his Since month of November was insane. Right. So all this has amounted to an 18.6 shooting percentage on the year, which is about six points higher than his career average. Um, And honestly, just straight up, this goal production rate is just not consistent with what we've seen from Duchesne so far in his career. I think he's topped out at about 27 goals his sophomore year, if I'm remembering that correctly. I'm just trying to go off the top of my head here. But I know he's never hit 30 goals yet, so I think that would be probably quite an accomplishment for him this year. Um. He just straight up doesn't get enough shots to make that happen. And whether that's a knock on his game or the avalanche is probably up for debate. But I think so long as he's in Colorado, sorry, Biebs, I think Duchesne's a perfect <laughs> sell-high candidate right now. Yeah, like it's worth noting too for sure that uh, yeah, his career high was 27 goals, you're right. And then his career high in junior was only 31. Like yeah, he was he's never, always been more of a yeah, playmaker. We mentioned, it, we mentioned it last week or a couple weeks ago that he's mo- like with Sedin and, and Datsu kind of they're all more playmakers than actual goal scorers. So, yeah. I mean, while this nice this recent stretch is nice uh, and he might continue, you know, he might he could reach 30 now just because of the head start he's kind of been giving. But, I mean, career yeah, high I 30. I think 30 is probably more likely, but there's no way. I, I'd be 
totally, totally shocked if Deshane was to break 40 goals this year. Oh, oh yeah. 40, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's insane. Admit, that won't happen, probably. Right, but, I mean, a lot of people see what he's done so far this year, and they think the name Matt Duchesne, it's a sexy name. He's finally reaching his potential. I'm sure that's what a lot of people think. Yeah, well, he's but on in reality, for 40 he's kind goals. of had a really hot month right now. So. <laughs> yeah. On yeah. pace for 30, 43, I'd put him more. I'd be still questionable if he, if he could hit 33. 30. Yeah, I mean, yeah. since they put him on that top line, he's just been tearing it up, but. Wall likes to juggle him around, and you never know. He could be on the second line next week and doing whatever. They just have so many guys who are, like, potential out there, and they even talked about him as a uh, trade bait candidate, so he can exactly. still potentially move. Honestly, I think if he got traded, that'd be the best thing for him. He's always been, like, a positive Corsi Rell on that team. Kind of seems more of a victim of Colorado than anything else. But to be honest, like, I just think Duchesne's been a little overvalued since he's been in the league. I think he's a very good player, but I think he generally is going to top out at around 60 points, so. Yeah, definitely not a forty-three goal scorer this year. If I had no, him, in and I, like he's just straight up not a point per game guy either, right? Like his best seasons, which were driven by tons of assists, were I think seventy points, seventy and seventy-one. Though that's a point per game. So, somebody in my somebody in one of my leagues was just like, "Oh my god, my team's amazing!" Sure, like that's I, one year, it was like naming off all their players. Like oh, I got Matt Duchesne. I'm like, yeah, but like, look, dude, like Duchesne's not gonna. Yeah, he's not at up. the elite level like people no. think. No, he's just not that guy. But he's solid, dude. Like he, yeah. he's. Yeah, he's, he's like good. I just good think tier, he's not in like the awesome tier. Right. I just think like I just think his value and I think it's been kind of the case he's been maybe a little overhyped since he's come into the league. Maybe that's just the top 5 pick thing. I think he's is really good at what he does, but I don't think yeah, I don't think he's that next tier of talent. No. Um Biebs, who are you looking to trade high right now? Maybe you guys can make a trade since Biebs is a big Duchesne fan. <laughs> well, I honestly would not trade Duchesne for well, considering I I'm on D squad in that like we we share yeah, that I know, team. Yeah, I know. <laughs> just say I'm not gonna be willing to to do that. But um, but no. Um, one guy uh, I had two here. One was a little more obvious. I'll just mention him super quick. Not going too deep into him. Mike Camilleri, obviously. Um, if you have him, he's obviously a uh, a sell high guy right now at a point per game and uh, 33 years old. I just don't see it continuing in New Jersey. But my real guy that I'm gonna focus on is um, out in Boston. It's Louis Erickson. Um. And uh, what he's done so far this year is uh, he's, he's played pretty solid. Um, he's done what Louis Erickson has done in kind of in the past, in his good years, though, only. Um, he has 21 points, 9 goals, 12 assists. He's, uh, he's as D likes to say, he's a sexy name. Um, he's one of those guys who was, uh, he was paired in the, in the Sagan deal. Um, he, I mean, he has scored goals before, but it seems like those years are almost behind him. Uh, the last time he put up more than, uh, 25 goals was in 2011. Um, even, I just don't see him as a point per game guy whatsoever, um, anymore at least. Um, and, uh, Lou Erickson, he's 30 years old. He's not going up, um, or he's, well, he's not, he shouldn't be going up. He's past his <laughs> prime years. Um, so I just see him, uh, I see him as a product of Krejci's early success and, um, and, and we've seen Krejci slow down out there in Boston. And I think that Louis Erickson's going to do that as well. He's not playing with him right now on his, on the first line or as Louis Erickson's on the first line, Krejci's on the second, but, um, but I just, I just don't see it continuing. Yeah. Louis is always, I, I know I've mentioned this before, but I used to love Louis when he was in Dallas, but then he kind of went to Boston and the wheels kind of fell off yeah. there. Um, it's weird. Do you really Boston- ever have more than like two good seasons though? He was just like so consistent. I know he had season. one. He had he had three years. I know he had one super plus in a row. And yeah, then okay, the year yeah, before yeah, he yeah. had sixty-three. And he was just like like what yeah. they said about Krejci, he's criminally underrated. Like yeah. you could get him in like the eighth round, and he would yeah. just be super consistent. Like nobody even cared about him. It's weird because I feel like yeah. he got to the point where he was overrated, right? And, which happens because these guys are like. Well, yeah, like he got traded like for Tyler Seguin. Yeah, yeah, he got underrated to the point where he was overrated. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, it happens all the time though. Like. It's like, oh, this guy doesn't get enough attention, and then he gets way too much attention, and then it's like, oh, David Clarkson, Nick yeah. Foligno. <laughs> wow. But uh, the guy I'm trading right now, and we've talked about it before, um, John Klingberg. Like, guy's just ridiculous. We've mentioned that a hundred times. How good he is, and honestly, like, it would be tough to trade him if it's a keeper league. I'm not dealing him at all. Yeah. But in redraft leagues, oh yeah, you could twenty-seven get so points. Much. Yeah, 27 points in 25 games. Like, yeah, I love that. What were, what were we doing, over-under that one time when I said he'd get to 70 and you guys thought I was crazy? Yeah, He's on pace crazy. for 89 <laughs> points right now. You're still crazy. Yeah, I know, but he's on pace for 89 <laughs> points. I don't think you're crazy. It's insane. Yeah. Like, he's not getting 89 points. His production's ridiculous. Um, I wouldn't want to trade him. It would definitely be tough. But, like, you could get a massive haul for this guy right now. If you've got holes to fill, no, you yeah, could fill I a couple holes pick. with John Klingberg. Like, his numbers are just... 
unbelievable. Like you talk about these top echelon fantasy defensemen like uh, like Subban and Carlson and those guys, and Klingberg's just blowing him away. Like he's been unreal. Yeah. And you kind of just got to look at John for Edmund and someone. Yeah, so exactly. A good forward and headman or something like that. That's yeah. exactly what probably, I was going like, to say. I mean, I don't know if this is like too much of a stretch to say, but I, I feel like there's a strong possibility headman's production is like really similar to Klimberg's from this point out for the rest of the season. Like, um, not, I think based maybe, on track record, I think maybe on, in else. it would be close. Like it wouldn't yeah, be a couple more points for Klimberg. I'd say, but that's something you can you're willing to give if you're getting another piece, an, that's like a dominate, second good yeah. forward. Headman's definitely, yeah. I guess I I should say Headman's definitely a safer bet. I guess I don't know. It's for just me, like still not the only reason, I, like the only reason I wouldn't jump on that train is just because Dallas's offense is just. I'm just yeah. yeah I'm just not ready to say Klimberg's the best defenseman in the NHL yet. Like a lot. Well, yeah. From, oh, no, no, yeah. He's not. He's not the like. I don't think. I just think you could get so much for him. It would be. It would almost yeah. be. It would oh, almost be hilarious. I, I wish I, I had respect him. what the dude's been doing. Oh, yeah, for sure. And if there's one person who who, who definitely could hit a sophomore slump, it's definitely him. I mean, it's those, sophomore slumps don't just start at the beginning of the year. They could happen at or at any point. So, yeah. Yeah, I think he's just said sophomore what basically yeah. at this point. He farted on the sophomore slump. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude, I don't I, like this is totally. Totally random, totally off topic, but have you guys seen, like, I was watching some, like, Dallas highlights the other, other day, and it was, like, uh, not Jamie Ben, but Jordy Ben, something, like, there, like, this, I saw, like, an article about it, it was about how he's just, like, perfecting the art of, like, the stretch pass. Yeah, the and, stretch and, sauce. Yeah, he's just had two, like, the craziest stretch passes this year, like, off of boards and shit. Yeah, they've been insane. You it's, should look it, it up. It's disgusting, too, because, like, like. Like it just sends guys, and when it works, like like with the talent they have out there, those guys are gonna score when they're on breakaways or when they're on two on ones. Love like, some good sauce. Oh yeah, he threw the one to Jamie Ben last week, and it like blew up Facebook. It, it, yeah, just like the brother to brother, just oh. bros hooking up. Yeah, and, oh, one thing. Oh yeah, I'm like D. I, I love. How pumped sauce. is the Ben family? Eh? <laughs> oh, so pumped. Our sons so rule. <laughs> they just come in as like what fourth and fifth round picks, and then they're just running the show now. It was so funny. I was at this is again totally random. But speaking of sons, I was I had to go to the doctor's the other day, and she's like, "Oh, like what do you do for work?" I'm like, "Oh, I run an NHL website." Blah blah blah. She's like, "Oh, really?" She's like, "My son's in the NHL." It's like her. It's it's Aaron Eckblad's mom's my daughter. Oh, okay. And then so I was talking. The pride and joy of Lakeshore, Ontario. Yeah. So I was talking to her about uh, about you know Aaron and like they just played in Detroit the like night or two nights prior so like i think that they were saying on the broadcast that ekblad got like bought like 45 tickets like all his oh, friends man. and family were there and so i was talking to her about it, she said it was awesome i was like okay but like now the now you got to do is just get him to come sign with detroit when he's done in florida <laughs> i was trying so hard to get him to come to and detroit, he is but... such a beauty he went to me and d's grade school actually yeah, yeah that's yeah, which is went um, to school all the way through with my sister yeah he's yeah. always a nice guy I, I mean i don't have a lot of personal interactions with him but He's always he's huge. Always had nice things to say about him. Yeah, he's polite and he's a. He was huge. Yeah, that's actually a thing. I, I honestly remember he was like five feet tall when he was seven years old. Just, yeah, just I'm not lying. Dude. Like my mom, uh, my mom likes to tell a story. She went, uh, she went and like uh, volunteered on a field trip with them, right, for whatever like parent cha- parental chaperone. Mm-hmm. And it was like literally my sister's grade two class, and Ekblad was already taller than my mom. My mom's like five foot two. <laughs> <laughs> Just a monster. Right? So yeah, he's a bit of a legend around these parts. Oh, yeah, as he both should his, be. Both his parents are pretty tall, so it makes sense that he would be a borderline giant. Yeah. But his brother's he, also uh, was a very good goalie. A pretty played, good goalie. Played a couple of games in the OHL. Yeah, yeah, he was a good goalie. Yeah. So. Eight, ten points in twenty four games for him this year. Uh, he seems to kind of be avoiding. The he would be a, a little bit, maybe a, a little bit of a buy low guy. I feel like yeah, we don't bring him up on the show because we'd just be straight up too biased for the kid. Yeah, I love him. Just trade yeah. for him. I'm not even gonna lie, I like commented on his Instagram picture. I try yesterday. to keep the fandom like, out of it, but uh, this is beauty. Eckers is kind it's, of the it, man. It's cool when you when you see people come from your hometown that that make it. It's nice, nice change. Except I hate when they always just refer to it as Windsor on Terror. It's like this boy's not from Windsor. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, we 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 grasp a lot of Windsor alerts that aren't technically Windsor. Oh alerts, yeah, so totally. I guess, I guess we got to take them when we can. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like Luke Wilson, eh, out there yeah. in uh, Seattle. In Starting. Did you see what end. he's? Yeah, did you see what he said about Bell River, though? He just called Bell River a soft town. He's like, soft what? town. It's like, I've never been able to like him. What? What? Yeah, on, on oh, Twitter. He's just, it's a he, summer town. Because he's from uh, LaSalle. He's, he's just like, he oh, he's arena. like, the one town I hate is, he's like, I love my hometown, but the one town I hate is, is Bell River. He's like, what soft town. Hell? Soft just town. throwing shade on a town with a population of like 2,500. <laughs> Thanks, Luke. Yeah. yeah. Take your shots. Still, but, uh, still proud of what you do. 
Speaking of social media, Ty I think Domi would have his head. Ty Domi's from Bell River. For those who don't know, he's going to uh, he's going to the game tonight. He's going to be at the Joe tonight, as he should be. So they say. Watching Max get some Genos. No, shout out for Jimmy. Okay, but anyway, let's get to the <laughs> let's get to the Twitter shout questions. <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's uh, your time to shine. Yeah. Well, um, we do have to mention that this week we kind of did something different. We uh, we used our resources, and not only did we hit up Twitter, but we hit up uh, we used the Daily Faceoff website as well to get some questions. Man, yeah, that, that show website that yeah. chat goes like nonstop <laughs> all day. Yeah. It's insane, man. Yeah, and then so, so I was like, you know, what? I'm like, all these people do all day to ask fancy hockey questions. I'm like, why don't I just drop in here? I put it in there within like five minutes. It was just like, do 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 do, just blew up. Like everybody, we had like probably 45 questions this week. Yeah, so thank had you. Had to guys. pick three. <laughs> yeah, it was it was tough choosing them. Um, so uh, so we took we took one from Twitter and then we took a couple from the website there. But uh, but we'll start with our Twitter one first because because uh, Twitter rules. Um, so again, uh, they sent it to at uh, DFO Podcast. So uh, toss us a follow or at uh, Daily Faceoff there or any of us. Um, and uh, this one's from at Perez Rules. And I guess it's Pez Pez. Oh rules. Pez Rules. Sorry, wow, I read that completely wrong. But at Pez Rules, so they're big fans of the candy. But uh, <laughs> so uh, their question is, and it's actually I was, was kind of saying before that I'm in the exact same situation so i like this one but it's uh it's mason or varley for the rest of the year and that's um that's steve mason obviously and then uh varley out in colorado and then what's varlamov's value so um, this guy's in a pickle right now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. honestly all, like, I, all i could think of like when i heard that question was neither <laughs> so <laughs> yeah <laughs> this man is in a pickle oh man um i would say steve mason yeah just um i think that f- Philly's not very good, um, but I think they're a better team than Colorado yeah. is. Varley's uh, gonna lose he, his job. Yeah, and and Mason <laughs> Mason was great last year. Uh, he's had his up and downs this year. He's been playing a lot better lately, though. Um, he's gonna like not start as many games as I think we thought he was gonna start coming into the year. Um, like yeah, we said I think, before, uh, Newverth is obviously gonna take some time, but I still well, I think, think it's Mason's team, right? But um, if I had to con- take one of the two, um, I would take Mason. What's Varlamov's value? I don't really know how to put his value into words. Question. Um, yeah, it really is. I think. Uh, I think Mason, the, like the worst thing ha- that could happen to his fantasy value was getting hurt at the start of the season because then Norvirth went on a tear to start and really justified getting more playing time than we expected to see from him at the start of the year. Yeah, three so, shutouts and like. I'm probably leaning Mason here as well, but like I said, it's tough. Neither of these guys are in an ideal situation to say the least. Red Albera is straight up outplayed Varlamov this year. He so. sucks too, though. Yeah, he's garbage. Sorry. But uh, the one, the one no, thing I like Varlamov, but I just think maybe he's got a little burnout right now. They really, uh, he played a lot of games the last few years and faced a lot of shots. So I, to me, I just think that's catching up with him a little bit. Yeah, and he and he shows signs of coming back. He'll have one really good game, but then he just goes down with like two bad games, and it's and it's right back to the same thing so i don't know it, I, it hurts me so much to watch it but like i do think it's kind of time people start giving up on Barlamov. i do too but i still have faith that the guy can make it happen even if know. it was in a timeshare if he's facing less well not less shots because he's oh yeah he's definitely capable. if he's playing less time and he's getting more time in between games i think it maybe could work but right now it all just seems like a big mess still pretty young too i mean um yeah. 25 or 26 so i mean give him a little bit of rest i agree I, I definitely the thing think about it's a goalies, right there. For the most part, they're not good till they're 27, and then they're shit by the time they're 30. So yeah, there's not a big window for goalies. I think the one thing too is that Mason obviously has seen a limited number of wins because of the lack of offense in front of him, and I think that is also like only a matter of time before, before the, the Phillies' offense yeah. uh, really starts clicking. I mean, like Philly Drew's always having a pretty good gate, right? Yeah, and then they get for going, the most yeah. part. Yeah. But uh, Giroux's having a good year. Voracek still sucks, but I think... I mean, if I had to pick, like I said, are we Mason across the board, all three of us? Uh, I, yeah. 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 It's a tough yeah, but yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Carly. <laughs> and for me, what's Varlamov's value? I'd say uh, right now he's like a number three fantasy net yep. mm-hmm. Um yeah. But he does... He, uh, again, he does have... He has number two upside. It's just he's got to put exactly, it together. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Yep. Um. Yeah, so let's close that one out before it breaks my heart anymore. Um, <laughs> next question um, is from uh, this is just from uh, Mohammed Hamir on uh, this is on Daily Faceoff uh, website and uh, great question. Um, which What's rookie, up, <laughs> which rookie do you think will kill it in the second half of the season? 
And then in uh, in parenthesis it says Mark Stone came out of nowhere last season. End of that. <laughs> and then any surprises this season? So uh, so he's wondering, um, yeah, which rookie is gonna uh, gonna absolutely slay in the second half? Connor McDavid. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> for, for real. I think, um, but second part was any surprises this season? I think that's would more Jack Eichel be rookies. a surprise if he kind of picked up his production a little bit? I could see that happening. I mean, um, yeah. no, I totally agree with Eichel too. Uh, I just I, I, I look I at think the break. obviously the biggest surprise from a rookie's perspective uh, when we look back on the season is going to be Panarin. I don't yeah. think there's any question about that at this point. Yeah, um, well, I, I looked at his underlying numbers today because I thought maybe he was a guy I could pick on as a sell high, and there's just nothing to suggest that it's not legit what he's done to this point. So it's crazy because like what rookie? It's like there's so many good ones this year. I think all of them are, are going to do really well. In yeah, the, in but the I would half. say Panarin was probably kind of out of nowhere, like to, at least to the yeah. extent to which he's performed. I no, like yeah. I, uh, I like your boy the ghost there too, Brock. Yeah, he, ghost is bear. I think he definitely ghost is one bear. of the surprise guys. Yeah, um, that, that could come out of nowhere, kind of thing. And if we're talking second half, like I could definitely see Eichel uh, dropping like thirty to thirty-five points in the second half if he was. Yeah, I was looking at the break. Like me and you were talking about on the break. D, like he's thirteenth in the NHL in shots right now. The guy's yeah. firing a bunch of bunch he's of pucks. He's played well, net. in all honesty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I uh, I think somebody else I could maybe surprise in the second half. He's been a little quieter than uh, we kind of expected, especially in recent weeks, is Ehlers in Winnipeg. Yep. Yeah. He got dropped to the third line. He's playing like on a line with like Burmistroff and Chris Thorburn. I mean, you could put the best players in the NHL on that line, and they're, and they're going to have a hard time. I think uh, <laughs> they're looking for some help in Winnipeg. I know I, they're going to make a move before the end of this year. Like there's so much talk about Bufflin and all this other stuff. There's got to be something in the works there with Winnipeg. So I think if anybody like that's not tearing it up right now that could have a big second half of dealers yeah yeah for sure i i can agree with that one um i think uh i don't know for mine i would just say sam reinhardt he's just one of those guys where he that's a good one i haven't heard a lot about him um and you hear so much about eichel i mean even we went there right off the bat and uh reinhardt's actually playing first line right now and eichel's playing third i believe so uh so Reinhardt's one of those guys who's drafted super, super early. Um, he killed it at the World Juniors when he was there. Uh, so the guy's got some talent. But, um, yeah, just keep yeah, it's, not, ni- it's nice to see him. He's sure. played almost 20 minutes a night the last two games. He had two goals the other, guy, other night against Nashville. It's a guy that we all kind of expect to be good, and he really hasn't done anything yet to this point. Him and Drew A, both of them are kind of just like, we're, you expected more out of them to this point. But, it's I mean, yeah. it's only they're still super young. It is only a matter of time. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're both guys who obviously have not had the time to flourish yet and once once yeah the, oh and reinhardt's like never played any yeah minutes, exactly like, until now so yeah so definitely definitely good there um real quick i like sam bennett could yeah. possibly uh fall dude he looks so too. good every night yeah he like does, somebody uh i can't remember who it was but they tweeted out the other night it was like when i watch flames games it's like 75 percent ineptitude 25 percent sam bennett is unreal <laughs> yeah i i yeah i get that feeling a lot too dude I think if he were to get uh, some more power play time and move up that depth chart, he could potentially uh, make some noise in the second half. Of this it's season. a lot of that. Like now that we like just laid that out for you guys, like think about how many good rookies yeah. that is. Like we just named like six of them, and it's then there's, on, yeah, there's it's six. honestly a stronger rookie class than we're normally used to. Oh, it's in the incredible. Yeah. Like we just named six, and there's probably six to eight other ones that we could have mentioned that are, but like are that are already tearing it up. Like don't be. Yo, who's got, who's getting more points in the second half, Panarin or McDavid? Mm, McDavid. I'm trying to think of his like. I think McDavid can be a point per game player. I don't think. Yeah. Panarin can sustain it for the whole year. I just really like Panarin. Yeah, we'll see. Honestly, we'll see if he sticks with Kane. Like, and Kane's at like 100 points. Like, (laughs) it's not out of the. It's not like. It wouldn't be ridiculous to think that this guy's 20 points lagging behind the guy he's attached to. No, and you know what? I hope it's both of them. I hope they're both. I hope they tie in the second half because I have yeah, them. I have all. I have them in all of my leagues, yeah. both of them. So hopefully they both point for game players. <laughs> yeah. Well, we got one yeah. more beeps. Um, and this one's from ML Peterson, also sent to um, on the, the Daily Faceoff website there. MLP. MLP. Um, but uh, it's which team would be the best fit for Dustin Bufflin? Ooh. Hmm. We d- we talked about how we might get traded. Hmm. I know Apparently they. He was uh, offered I was re- for. Yeah, to to yeah. the Islanders for yeah, for uh, Hamannick there, but he's a pending free agent, right? So and he's thirty. The Islanders was like, so. and yeah, and he's just a big. I don't even know. I was. I was so watching, is this from a fantasy perspective? No, I think I I, th- I threw this one in there just because it's kind of a cool yeah. question. Um, 
but I don't know. Like, I really don't know. Like, I'm trying to think of who he could go yeah, to. That. You have to Dude, think. He's in a pretty good spot a, uh, right now. Like, honestly, he needs to go to a place a where he's the number one defenseman, right? Wherever he's going, because that's the only people I, are going to go I for. I guess. But he also, I mean, if we're talking fantasy, he also still needs to be the best offensive option from the blue yeah. line, right? Which he really is. I mean, Bufflin, to whatever people want to say, is one of the better two-way defensemen in the oh, league. Oh, yeah. I mean, so I, I don't know. He's good physically. He's a little bit of a, I think he's kind of a, a liability I mean, in his own end. I mean, he didn't, didn't he get left off like Team USA because of that? Yeah. So? I mean, you <laughs> just trust the winners of Team USA. Yeah, I guess they made, I guess they made some pretty bad decisions. South America? Um, America. But yeah, even, yeah, even their not team making, had, their team, team had a USA lot of questionable decisions. I'm not about to validate an opinion on Bufflin based on um, that. I don't know, but. I just like how physically. Where do you guys think he'd go, though? Yeah, but I do like that's the thing that I think really that's my point is what really gets undervalued is is his ability to move the puck. Um, I know I read a piece by Garrett Hole who we're actually trying to get on the show, and he really compared. Uh, it was this was about a year or two ago, and he compared uh, how how Bufflin performed as a forward versus a defenseman, and the amount of offense he actually created from the back end really surprised me. And his numbers were really, better on defense last year. It, yeah, they were, and they showed how good of a breakout defenseman he was, which a lot of people, you know, don't give him the credit for being. So, I, I just think people underestimate how good of a skater he is for his size. So, right, for his size, he's a good skater. I'm trying to just like which team would be the best. I'm trying to think of teams that could use a, a big shot, big defenseman like that. Like the one team that comes kind of to mind uh, right off the hop is is Buffalo. Yeah. Just because like they've got some decent blue liners. They got Risto Linen, right? Uh, our boy Risto. Bufflin could help them out there. Um, yeah, Colorado could use them for yeah, sure. Not even being biased, that's just legit. Imagine him. Imagine him going to like Dallas or something. Actually, though, or I, I mean, even like this. This is a stretch, but they always seem to get guys. If the Rangers as just another piece out there, add to that back end, yeah. I could see that happening. Yeah, and something he could just like be like, too, yeah. all, all they'll have to do, they'll be like, don't even worry about that much about the defensive game. Like we have people to cover you for that. Just. Run our power play. And the one it. team I could see, the one team I could see too, if they could climb back into things here uh, into the playoff talk, is Columbus. They're they're just a team that seems like they yeah. always make moves, and and they've got some pieces. Um, what team's the best fit? Dallas, because it's they're so good offensively. That's what I'd say. But best fit, I could see Philly wanting to do something because they love to trade. They have yeah. no defense either. Um, but best fit. Mm, I, I kind of agree. I think I like him in Winnipeg, to be honest with you. Um, I'd say I'd say Buffalo, yeah, though. I like him in It Buffalo. needs to be a situation where he's still going to be the number one option on the power. I was going to say, I, I honestly, once you said it, I'd go with Philly. Um, take yeah, Mark Philly Stern's wouldn't be a bad spot, spot at all. Over. Take the ghost. Or the ghost. Spot. The ghost is Philly really there, willing to do that? How, much, how many years they got left on Strait's contract? Do you guys know? Uh, let me pull up our friends from uh, NHL Numbers. Plug, yeah. plug. I, it can't be much, like a yeah. year maybe. Uh, let's take a look. Yeah, he he's is, yeah, one more year and then he's a UFA. One more year and then he's okay. retired. So that move could make sense. Real. Yeah, that move would actually probably make a lot of sense. But we've been saying that about defensemen going yeah. to Philly for years. <laughs> yeah, it never seems to work out. Um, I know that's all of our that's all of our Twitter questions. But I I I got to read this one because it came across today and it, it just made me laugh. And I I I'm not entirely sure if this guy's joking. I'm pretty <laughs> sure he is. Because um, I think his name was something to do with cheese. I don't even. I don't have his name written down here. But this question what? comes across. Uh, what's your uh, What's your opinion on Chris Pronger? I've been holding on to him all season, and he can't seem to crack the lineup. He must be in Dave Tippett's doghouse this season. He's been a solid D man in the past. Is he worth holding on to at this point? Uh, I'm pretty sure he's not serious, but serious or not, that gave me a good laugh. It was pretty. It if was you're pretty Gary Bettman, he's worth uh, holding on to. He's doing a yeah, lot of is. good work in the NHL player and yeah, and department. If, if you have a yeah, if you're in the, uh, if you're, Gary, yeah. if you're listening, he's worth holding on to. <laughs> yeah, if you're in the Hall of Fame, he's like, oh, I think. Uh... Wait, is he NHLPA or uh, NHL? No, he's like the uh, Department of Player Safety, isn't he? Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. 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 If you're in a Department of Player Safety league where you have to guess the number of suspensions, Prongers worth holding on to. But and we're not going to talk about how probably wrong it is that he's getting paid to be both a player and an employee of the league at the same time, and be in the Hall of Fame. But you know what? I'm not like I'm not gonna chirp a guy for collecting his money after the way his career went down. So, yeah, I almost lost an eyeball, dude. It's a shame how it ended, but like Chris Ponger is one of the best defensemen of our time. What a mean yeah. son of a bitch! How he many was. people hated that guy? But like, <laughs> that's awesome. How many yeah. loved him? 
It was the greatest. I'll never forget when he was a more legitimate Scott Stevens. Like Scott Stevens, Scott Stevens. If he was in the NHL right now, would play like twelve games a season. He'd be getting a twenty game suspension. Yeah, but oh game. yeah, we'd love. I'll him. never forget <laughs> Chris Pronger's Steve Steve Eisman was basically playing on one leg, and Pronger tried to just kill him and basically end his career. And then in the process, Pronger just blew out his own knee. And got taken, and then got like knocked out of the Worth knocked out of the playoffs. I remember series. when he cross checked someone was, a couple years ago when he was playing for Anaheim and cross checked someone on Detroit, and all you guys were just going nuts. I enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah we weren't we weren't I a big fan that. of Chris Pronger, but boys, uh, that's worst. it for us. Uh, that was another good show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, if you do, make sure you subscribe to both iTunes and SoundCloud. Uh, follow us on Twitter at DFO Podcast. And uh, like D always says, if you like the music, make sure you check out the Blue Stones on YouTube yep. or Spotify. Uh, mm. They're on both. Um, also, as usual, we'll have we'll be back with the uh, DraftKings exclusive contest this Saturday. Uh, go up against the three of oh. us. Try to beat us. Um, But I'm pretty sure that's all I've got for now. We'll see you guys next Friday, and have a wonderful weekend. budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.